Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. Now, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to send some well wishes to uh, to one half of Northern Forest, to Vernon Reed. Uh, he's uh, he's had some stuff come up, and he's going to be out of action for a little while. So, just wanted to say, you know, thinking of you, hoping for a speedy recovery, and super stoked to see you get back in the ring so just just want to know we're all thinking about you so take care of yourself right now for today's episode i was fortunate enough the other night to sit down and talk to someone who's made a name for himself wrestling throughout the prairies he's wrestled for the you know for cwe he's wrestled for pcw he's wrestled for wpw he is an incredible wrestler i'll just say that much i've only been able to see him once, but he blew me away with his athleticism, his ground-based, mat-based wrestling. He's a, a treat to watch in the ring. So today, my guest is none other than Sean Moore. So we cover a whole bunch of different stuff. We get to talk about training, some of his inspirations, you know, some of the feuds he's been a part of, all that and so much more. So coming up next on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, Sean Moore. Today, I have a very special guest. Today, I am joined by none other than Sean Moore. Sean, how's it going today? Good. How's it going? I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's we're halfway through summer, so it seems like it's moving by way too fast. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm honestly not too upset with that because it is very hot outside. Um, oh, do you work outside? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did for the first half of the summer. The second half, I haven't had to, but um, yeah, it was pretty brutal. It, it's, uh, it definitely does a number on you. You know, you get home, you don't feel like doing anything. You just want to relax and air conditioning. So, yep. <laughs> now let's jump into things. What was your first introduction to wrestling? You know, when you're a kid growing up, what was it that uh, you first remembered about it? Uh, wrestling was always on for me. Um, my dad watched wrestling. So, mm-hmm. like, I've never experienced life without watching wrestling. So, he was a fan beforehand and he put it on and then I'd watch it. And then I would watch it with my mom and then my brothers got into it. So I've been watching wrestling pretty much since birth. Like I can't sit there and go, Hey, I started watching wrestling at eight. It's mm-hmm. literally since birth. <laughs> it's just always been on in your household. Yeah, absolutely. Well, see, I think that's, it definitely says something. Cause I know some of my earliest memories were like watching with my grandparents, eh? watching like they'd have VHS tapes and we'd rewatch like WrestleMania nine over and over and over. So, yep. That's well, that, that was that was the same thing for me, actually my dad recorded everything on vhs so like <laughs> i was i was born in 92 so i had vhs's going all the way back to like 80 88 and i'd like watch all of them from 88 until when i stopped using i moved to canada at 13 in 2005 <laughs> so like i was watching any any time period like any pay-per-view from that time period was like on replay, on like on repeat, on replay all the time. So yeah. I have like a weird fear of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like, you know, going to the video store and it'd be like, you'd see the new 
whatever tape it would it'd be like you know wrestle slam or something and just like with different matches from all across the world you know and it would you'd get the newest one and you'd see stuff that was brand new to you it was different than the weekly television so it stood out so yes now you trained under Lance Storm correct yes what was your first you know initial thoughts going into that and what was it like training under him um it was great like uh I had um I have a, a wrestling background in high school and university. Okay. So I was, I was like very prepared for how the training was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I had actually applied for Lance Storm when I was 14 in computer science class and mm-hmm. I got rejected. I was too young. So like I had mentally been prepared <laughs> for training with Lance Storm for a long time. So like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I, I don't even have the email address anymore, but yeah, I had sent him an email at 14 computer science class, I was like, I am going to wrestle. I think I had emailed Lance Storm and I had wrestled, emailed ECCW in British Columbia in computer <laughs> science class. I was like, I'm going to wrestle there, not knowing that I live in Regina and British <laughs> Columbia is like, how, how was I going to get there? But um, yeah, uh, no, I was like definitely mentally prepared for it. Um, the training was fantastic. Like, I always sit there and say that was the funnest summer of my life because mm-hmm. it was like everything was brand new and I had just started doing everything that I'd wanted to do and getting you to experience it and then train under Lance at ease. So meticulous and focuses so much on the technique, the psychology of wrestling, and he really instills that in you. And it mm-hmm. was like the perfect teacher teaching for when I first started. So it really helped me gain a fundamental base in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. now was this uh, this was under the storm wrestling academy banner already or was this before that yes. yeah no this was under the storm okay now what were some of the biggest takeaways you took from learning under him um he was very honest uh that was that was one of the biggest things that i took away from him was that it is so much better to be honest mm-hmm. about everything especially with how the wrestling industry is mm-hmm. if you understand the truth about things from early on it makes things simpler and easier to grasp like for example back in the day i was terrible doing a body slam awful and he's very honest he's like sean this sucks don't do it (laughs) (laughs) you know don't use it and it's right like it it makes sense it'd be like if i was in a wrestling tournament and I did a double leg takedown, but my double leg takedown was awful. I'm not going to spend the entire tournament trying to hit somebody with a double leg takedown mm-hmm. because it looks bad. So like, you know, just using that as an example, but like mm-hmm. honest with everything. I was like, to me, that was the biggest takeaway of like, be honest and truthful with yourself mm-hmm. and it will make things easier as you go along. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I, you know, I think that's something with uh, Lance that has definitely come across, you know, when he was doing his podcast and even stuff that he still does now is he's very, he's incredibly honest. He's brutally honest, you know, with everything wrestling related. And I think sometimes people can take it the wrong way where it's just like, he's just stating, mm-hmm. he's just being straight up. And that's, I think you don't get enough of that nowadays. Yeah. Well, it's, constructive criticism right because mm-hmm. like you can you know when somebody is being mean or horrible to you yeah. and he's not being mean or horrible to you some like sometimes it may come off that way but it's like that's not i mean and again for me it doesn't come off that way because it's it's constructive criticism is your mm-hmm. coach telling you hey 
this is what you need to add to your uh, play card, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not, again, you're not going to go out there and throw wide if the uh, the receiver is open down the middle, right? Yeah. You're not just do that from the So it's the same thing. He's like, he's telling you, hey, this is what I think works better or this is what I think you should do. Let's work and figure out a way we can come to a happy medium. So I always feel like honesty from him helped me very early on see things easier when it comes to wrestling. Definitely. Now, how long after you finished training there? Like it was just over a summer? Yeah, it was a, it was like a three month training program to start with. And then I started training with King Cash in uh, high impact wrestling in Regina. Yeah. After okay. That. Yeah. How, how long afterwards uh, did you first or before you got to wrestle your first match? I think it was about a month afterwards. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it was, I think it was about a month. I'm trying to remember. Cause like, it was hard because again, I came, I was, I kind of knew more people in Alberta after living there for a while than mm-hmm. I did in Regina. And then I was trying to find out how to get booked. And then, um, Leon Grayson as a wrestler that used to wrestle in Alberta. He doesn't wrestle anymore. He's moved to Ontario. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, so that's a shout out for him. <laughs> but he, um, phoned me and said, Hey, there's an opening. Um, but you have to help set up the ring. And he phoned me at, I think it was one o'clock in the morning or 12 o'clock at night. I was at a bar and he phoned me and I literally left, got in my car and drove to Calgary (laughs) so I could make it show. So that was my very first match. And that's how that whole thing came to a piece. So I came there, set up the ring, and then we had a triple threat match with Red Thunder and, um, yeah, that was my very first match. <laughs> oh, nice. No, I mean, yeah. you mentioned like having a previous wrestling background, you know, through high school and university. Uh, yeah. What was it that drew you to first getting into that? Oh, pro wrestling. Uh, that was exactly what it was. It was like, when a- I, when my parents had said, yeah, when they said that they, we were moving to Canada, because we don't have uh, amateur wrestling in England, mm-hmm. or at, le- at least where I live. So I had done martial arts. Um, quite extensively so i got a black belt in uh tanks who do martial arts when i was in england so i was doing that all the time and then when we moved i was like i'm gonna sign up for wrestling school let's see how it goes and then <laughs> yeah it, it ended up i ended up wrestling <laughs> in university <laughs> and all over the place so yeah it ended up quite good I, i'm always surprised with uh you know high school or university wrestling in canada because it's not something that you hear a lot about whereas in the states it's like way more prolific with you know wrestling for ncaa and everything like that yep so i mean you trained under landstorm and i know you've spoken about training at the new japan dojo yeah now i mean i was absolutely floored when i heard about that because i mean to me that is one of like it's top notch like a top level sort of thing you know uh, i imagine the experience for that must have been out of this world but for you stepping foot in the new japan dojo how did that all come to be uh it was like um lots of like training camps like uh i had went down to a holly race camp uh and spent time training in st louis in 2017 and i had met Gato and Rocky Romero and was wrestling when I was there. And then New Japan had training camps, which would be like a week at the dojo and you would go through all the rigorous training and basically see if you were up to scratch to train at the dojo. Mm-hmm. So 
I went and I did one, the very first one at the new LA dojo when they reopened it in 2018, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I went down to that train there. Uh, it went well, uh, continued wrestling, went down to a second one in 2019. And then I went to a tryout, a North American tryout in 2019. And then from that, I then got accepted into the dojo and then trained in the dojo. So it was a very, it was a long, extensive process, but it, it has to be because like only the best athletes train through there. So you have to be top notch to be able to do that kind of training. Yeah. Because all those guys are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you watch, you know, an episode of New Japan Strong, you know, you're seeing, you know, Carl Fredericks and Clark Connors and those, or Kevin Knight, all those guys. And they are, you know, incredible wrestlers, you know, like there's no bones yeah. about it in the ring. They're, they're fantastic. They're precision, everything about them. So it's new Japan. It's a next level. It seems when it comes to their training. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. It 100%. Is. Now were you, when you were there, I mean, were you, directly trained under Shibata or were there others there as well? Yep. Yep. Train, trained under Shibata. Uh, got to have that experience, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. He knows his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely well, obviously. I mean, I, <laughs> obviously I've, <he> is. <laughs> I've mentioned it on here before. And I mean, like I, I got introduced to new Japan a lot later on in life, you know, so yeah. I didn't get, uh, I get to go back and see a lot of his stuff now, but uh, all I know personally I want is, you know, you get the tease of him stepping back in the ring a couple of years ago. And now that's all you can think about is like, if that could only be possible now, you know? So it's, to me, Shabbat is on another level when it comes to trainers. So. Yep. And, and that's exactly what how, his, his, his mantra with his students. He wants everybody to be on another level because you're essentially representing him mm-hmm. as, a, as a student, right? So he needs his students to be top tier in the best because like you said when you think of shibata you think of top tier so mm-hmm. then when you think of his student you need to think of top tier as well for sure now was there any sort of were you in awe at all when you see someone of his level and he's teaching you stuff or is it just you're in you know serious mode you've come to work and that sort of serious thing. mode all the time like you, <laughs> like you again trying to <laughs> survive the training and and and, uh, and be as as good as you possibly can be, right? Because mm-hmm. again, you're solely focused on like, I need to be the best I can be so I can show that I have the fighting spirit in this dojo, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know, were, did you, were you down there with Davy O'Doyle as well? Yeah, or, yep. yeah. Davy O'Doyle came with a cross, cross North America trip. Um, <laughs> we, we started in Regina and we drove all the way to Los Angeles and we wrestled the camp and then we actually drove from Los Angeles all the way to St. Louis. And then we wrestled uh, show for glory pro and then drove all the way from St. Louis back to Regina. I think it worked out to like 70 plus hours of <laughs> driving that the two of us did. To <laughs> and, and you're still friends trip. to this day. Oh yeah, he's my best friend. <laughs> he's he spoke, Dole's the man. <laughs> he spoke very highly of you when I talked to him uh, earlier this month. So, I mean, it seems everyone uh, I've encountered has because I know Leo London was like, "You need to talk to Sean Moore." You know, like everyone, it, it's a testament to your character and the person you are. How highly everyone speaks about you. 
Ah, that's people pe- pe- be nice. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> now, with with your style of wrestling, who do you take influence from? Uh, Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle. Um, those two are staples of not only my style but what I enjoyed. Like when I when I grew up and like the the start, like we used to call it uh, intercontinental title matches, is what me and my brother would call it, because like that was basically what you would see take place. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my f- your favorite matches ch- changes, you know, depending on your mood. But like for sure, top three of all time for me is Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio from Halloween Havoc '97. Yeah. So Guerrero and Kurt Angle, they're not huge guys, but they're vicious, intense, and technical, and me as well i'm not the tallest guy in the world um so i always saw a lot of myself in them and i was always like if i was a pro wrestler as much as i like the rock or batista or stone cold unless you know somebody from up above comes and gives me six three and high that ain't happening <laughs> so you know like <laughs> you, you 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 look for for who you see and and you try and not only like mimic, but then also improve. Like again, Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. uh, they were AJ Styles in the mid 2000s were huge influences on me as well. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I try to create a hybrid style of everything that I've seen from all of those guys. Oh, for sure. And I mean, at that age, you know, you know, because I guess uh, Angle and Guerrero, you know, you're thinking early to 2002 ish around that. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah. it's uh, very impressionable back then. You see what they're able to do in the ring, and I mean, it's it blows you away. You have made a name for yourself all throughout the prairies, um, but especially in Winnipeg. I mean, you've wrestled for PCW, CWE, and WPW. Uh, what's your experiences like so far wrestling for uh, the Winnipeg promotions? All been good. Um, the Winnipeg promotions have been really kind to me. Um, Shawcross, <laughs> shout out for Shawcross, he's great. <laughs> uh, he like um, Shawcross was the first Winnipeg promoter that gave me a shot down there when I had first started. Um, so I'm always grateful to Shawcross because he put me on the shows in PCW and was mm-hmm. basically just like, "Go out there and prove yourself," you know. And like I said, that's all I need to hear. Tell me, go out there and prove myself. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with you know. Dan Duggan with CWE shows like uh, working with CWE, I've wrestled Psychosis, you know, uh, so that was a huge, huge match for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and Dan Duggan's always been great to me as well. So it's you no know, shout out to him. So like I said, I've not had any. Uh, and then WPW had such a great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And those guys were kind to me as well at those shows and stuff, too, where I, I wrestled Danny Duggan for that one as well. So, um, yeah, Winnipeg's been a great province. And like just like all the other provinces, it seems that like, really starting to build their own identities, Winnipeg, mm-hmm. Saskatchewan, Alberta. So it's really nice to be able to wrestle uh, in different provinces and change your style up a little bit and see how you fare in each place. For sure. Now, I know, I mean, you mentioned Danny Duggan, and uh, the first time I actually saw you wrestle was against Danny Duggan at the PCW Top Cock Show, where you guys oh, yeah. yeah, you guys wrestled to a draw that night. And I know I, that was my first time seeing you, and I'm watching, and like I'm thinking, I'm like, holy shit, Sean, he's going to win the CWE title here. Like, you guys had me <laughs> captivated, and I'm like, I went to a draw, I'm like, damn it 
Yeah, so, so was I. I was, I'm out here trying to collect belts. <laughs> <laughs> Belt collector Sean Moore. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, so, I mean, you're developing quite the rivalry with him because I know at the WPW show, you guys, you know, it was another one. So it's, uh, we're going to see, we need to see more of you two going at it just to, who's going to rise above the next one. Yeah, like I said, uh, rivalries in, in all different provinces, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, in Saskatchewan, I had tons of battles with Michael Allen and Richard Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, in Alberta, crazy amounts of battles with Michael Richard Blaze, which have actually, like, spanned across multiple different provinces. You know, it, over there, I'm starting to now, me and uh, Mojabari batting out a lot. We just wrestled at the clandestine show uh, the, the first time around, and now we're going to meet each other in the finals of the clandestine tournament, which is going to be a tough match as well. In Winnipeg, Danny Duggan, um, you know, like I'm looking forward to seeing who's coming up next in Winnipeg as well, because I'm going to be ready to fight all of them as well. You know, so like I said, it's really starting to build identities and I'm appreciative that like, everybody wants to fight, everybody wants to wrestle because I'm ready to wrestle anybody anytime. So Perfect. And well, you mentioned the clandestine <laughs> society. What's been, what's your experience been like doing that so far? Because uh, I was able to catch a little bit of it and it seems like some pretty incredible stuff. Oh, it's great. It's it's a, a very personal personal thing for me because it's like it's really an opportunity to show the rest of the world what we can do. Mm-hmm. Like I I hate so much how difficult it is for people to get seen in Canada. It's like people just ignore the wrestling that goes on here. And there's so many great wrestlers and so many people that deserve to show their stuff in other places and clandestine shows have that ability to I, I i always compare them to progress they mm-hmm. have very similar feelings to when progress first started so it's like you know I, i'm happy to be a part of that i really want to try and put you know the prairies in western canada on the map because you know it seems that like every 15 years somebody from western canada moves on to the next level mm-hmm. and it's like that should be the case there's lots of good wrestlers mm-hmm. You know, if people would see us, they'd be like, you're really good. But, you know, without avenues to be able to do that, clandestine society with how they are social media wise, how they put stuff out there online for people to see, it allows people to watch, like with the watch parties on YouTube and stuff to see what we can do and go, you know what? I could see uh, Michael Allen, Richard Clark or Michael Richard Blaze or Sean Moore or O'Doyle or whoever, or Zoe Sager or whoever Mm -hmm. else wrestles from the show. I could see them resting in the NWA. I could see them resting on the Indies in the U S or in England or in Europe, you know, Oh, that guy is really good. I could see him in Japan. You know, it gives mm-hmm. us that opportunity. Definitely. And like you said, there are so many incredibly talented wrestlers in Western Canada that, you know, aren't able to get that a, a little bit of a spotlight on them. So for, to be able to have that and for, you know, just to get the name out there, I think it's a really great thing. It's important nowadays. Yeah, it's like, and it's like not even just Western Canada, like Canada as a whole, you know, it's, mm-hmm. again, same thing like BC, like, you know, it's difficult to get, especially with the, the population, yeah. you would think it would be easier, but it's harder, right? Again, it's like a somebody grabs a lottery ticket and moves on <laughs> to the next place. <laughs> uh, Ontario is the same way as well. Like as a guy like Mark Wheeler, I wrestled for in Superkick. Uh, that guy's phenomenal, mm-hmm. you know? He should definitely be higher up but it's just like everybody's trying to find ways and i think that's what i'm liking in canada is that everybody's kind of fed up <laughs> <They're> kind of <laughs> like 
you know what? Like, we're going to make people notice us because mm-hmm. this is ridiculous that, you know, people aren't looking our direction. You know, it's almost like grabbing the bat signal and being like, <laughs> the light is on here. Focus on us. Yeah. You know, we're coming for that next spot. Right. So. No, I think it's, it's definitely very important. Uh, so I was going to ask earlier, I, 2019, you had quite a little rivalry going with Sean Spears, it seemed. Uh, I was wondering if you could touch on that just a little bit. Uh, Sean Spears cheated to be to take the Commonwealth Championship off me firstly because he made me attack David Doe with a steel chair, which was his fault, so it should have resulted in a disqualification. And Sean Spears has now left with the Commonwealth Championship, which it also should be mine as well. And when PWA starts back up, uh, I think I'm just going to show up with Commonwealth title because he's not defending it and he didn't beat me properly, mm-hmm. you know, so it should be mine. <laughs> but no, you know, <laughs> no, but like, like Sean Spears is a good wrestler uh, mm-hmm. and it was a great experience being able to be in the ring with him and be able to test myself at that next level against a next level competitor. Mm-hmm. And I'm like completely hungry for more opportunities like that. And to, again, like, you know, we've wrestled each other twice. You know, three's the magic number. You always got to do things in threes. So Mm -hmm. I'm obviously looking for that final matchup between, you know, for me and him as well. And I also want to continue to wrestle people on that level, you know, not only so I can prove myself, but also so that can make me get better as well. For sure. Like wrestling him helped me get better in the ring. Mm -hmm. Continuing to wrestle people at that level is going to continue to make me get better in the ring it's something that you always need to be very open about continually, continually learning and always pushing yourself to take in more just to improve, pardon me, just to improve yourself. Yeah. Well, again, like (laughs) there's no way that you can sit there and be like, I've learned everything in wrestling. Mm -hmm. It's not possible. Right. And the only way you're going to learn is by new experiences and wrestling new opponents you haven't wrestled or opponents who are better than you. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're, choosing to not do that then you can never improve right mm-hmm. so it's like my i guess again i want to become the best that i can be you know it's pretty bold but it's like i don't want to just be a weekend warrior wrestler mm-hmm. you know like i want to make it to the top and in order to make it to the top there's certain things that i have to do and i'm 100 willing to do them to get to that position for sure now what did you do to keep yourself busy during the pandemic? Because I mean, there's no, you can't wrestle. I mean, gyms are closed, all that stuff. How did you keep sharp doing it? Uh, I, um, so I have like, uh, I, I was calling it like on my Instagram, the modern day dungeon. Cause like in my garage at the house, uh, we have wrestling mats from when I was in high school that I have left over. So I can sit there and do amateur drills, rolls, all that kind of stuff. And then I basically took my savings and I bought home gym and like stuff. Like I bought <laughs> a squat rack, uh, barbell. I've got about four or 500 pounds in weights, uh, dumbbells. And I was scouring up and down trying to find weights without getting ripped <laughs> off for them with inflation prices <laughs> over the pandemic. But like, I was so dead set on it because i was like i need to do this in order to stay sharp and stay in shape for when the pandemic is over mm-hmm. now were you watching a lot of stuff just to for you know studying game film so to say or did you just focus on the training the physical training aspect 
Uh, well, it's like I've actually I've done some other podcasts, and I was saying that like at the time I'd actually start watching wrestling as much as I was before. It was almost like with everything that was going on, I was kind of like not in a mental space to watch wrestling, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like I was like you know like as as things have kind of opened up here in the last like three four months or so, I've like went right back into watching everything that I absolutely could. But it was like I think I also needed that break mentally to kind of take everything in okay this is the position you're in now you can go back into it headstrong and now now like right before this podcast i was watching wrestling so i'm <laughs> writing notes down and taking things in like okay this is what this guy did here let me figure out how i could maybe add that into something i could do or if somebody else was doing it how could i watch out for it you know oh, and see now i have to ask what you were watching before you jumped on me, right before I jumped on, I was watching uh, one of my favorite matches ever. Uh, as Brian Danielson versus Takeshi Morishima from Ring of Honor. Um, it's just such a... Brian is like, he's a, a legit bad guy, but he's a, so much smaller than Morishima is. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's spending so much of the match trying to get into his head psychologically. And Morishima is just like, you're a fly. I need to swat you. Get out of my way. And it's like a battle of wills. And like I said, like I always like to watch matches like that because again, I'm not ashamed. Of, I'm five seven. Mm-hmm. That's how it is, you know. So it's like, how can I do things in the ring to be not only match up my opponents who are bigger, but also show that I'm dominant at the same time, mm-hmm. you know? So again, that's another reason why I spend so much time at the gym is because I I want to be as big and as strong as possible whilst I'm competing against those opponents, but it's also trying to find that fine line of speed and agility as well. So mm-hmm. it's like at the moment, I'm about 200 pounds, right? Okay. So 200, five, seven is quite big. But then when you face a guy like Marishima, who's six, three and two ninety, there's still a size difference. So you're like, mm-hmm. how can I use that to my advantage? No, for sure. I mean, I'm, five eight and about 220 so i mean it's just thickness all throughout so i mean i don't have that height (laughs) so (laughs) you know i was uh like i will you know find torrent online just of match compilations eh? and i'll go through and see okay i haven't seen that haven't seen that i'm interested in that and i'll download it just to because there's so much out there just to experience all the different stuff so like a lot of the mid 2000s ring of honor stuff or even early 2000s like i was introduced to it by a vhs tape but i mean i don't have it anymore so now anything i can kind of grab it's like yeah, i want to see what i was missing out on yeah absolutely and like you said like that's and i've said this before like that's one of my favorite like wrestling styles and time periods ever because that kind of like but you know when james gibson was wrestling and stuff like that mm-hmm. is everything that my style encompasses and like again Davey Riches has just came back on the indies recently and you know his style is said that kind of mix of pro wrestling and MMA not quite to the point where I'm full Shayna Baszler like there's like a fine line in the middle and that's kind of like where I want to be what I like it's a Kurt Angle's perfect at it where he Mm -hmm. does everything right Kurt Angle's a badass but he's also a goof but he's also charismatic, you know, he can do everything. And that's kind of like where I want to be ultimately once everything's all said and done. For sure. Well, I mean, you mentioned MMA and I know this past weekend or July 
end of July, because well, this will come out and it'll be August already. Uh, you faced off with uh, Mitch Clark at the BEW show. Uh, yeah. how, how was, uh, how was facing off with Mitch? Fun. Very fun. Uh, both of us, um, have done stuff for Canada for wrestling. So it was really cool because, uh, we were both able to match each other style wise. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, like, especially, you know, to test ourselves, like in chain wrestling at the beginning of the match, it's like, okay, cool. Here's a guy who is like super high level uh and you know he's done team canada stuff before and it's like i was right close up there before i started wrestling so you know like now the two of us i can like test myself that way but also test myself pro wrestling ways and then because he fought in the ufc Mm -hmm. now you're like okay let's see how legit i can be because like you know he was legit legit so let's test myself against him so you know, for me, it was a really cool experience. And mm-hmm. yeah, I loved it. Awesome. And again, it was also a hard hitting match too, which I love. I ain't mm-hmm. afraid of being hit hard. So it was great. Perfect. So, I mean, yeah. like I, I've said before, you're, you're making a name for yourself across Canada with wrestling. What sort of advice are you giving to newer wrestlers who are getting into it? Because I'm sure they're coming to you asking for advice. What do you, what sort of wisdom are you instilling on them? Um, train uh obviously that's the big one but uh really put emphasis on training your body and your mind because again you have to think of it as like it's a business right pro wrestling is a business and Mm -hmm. your body and yourself is a business how am i to market myself to be to go to the next level like again it's so difficult to to get picked up anywhere from living in Canada. Cause I always say that why would they pick somebody from Canada when they could pick somebody from the United States? You need to do something that stands out for them to go. I need to have this person come in. So you need to focus on your mind, your body. Um, the next thing after that you need to focus on is obviously your character. Uh, who do you want to be? Who are you as a person? Um, and then focus on, you know, people talk about it, but really focus on just being a good person because mm-hmm. like wrestling is such a brotherhood mm-hmm. and, or and a sisterhood as well. And there's so many good people in pro wrestling and nobody wants to be around anybody who's <laughs> it's not nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like, uh, and enjoy it. Right. Like I know that back in the day, people would say, don't show how much you're enjoying yourself because you shouldn't. And it's like, no, like when you were a kid, did you think you would be doing this? No. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're literally living a dream, which not a lot of people can say that they can do right? for sure to be able to walk through those curtains and go in the ring and wrestle. You're doing something that you've always wanted to do from the time you were five, six, seven years old. Yeah. So I always say it's really appreciate and like take a second and, you know, breathe in everything that's happening because it's like you just got to live out your dream and drive <laughs> final <laughs> thing is drive you, you gotta be able to drive because mm-hmm. especially living in canada um nowhere's close mm-hmm. <laughs> nowhere's close so we gotta drive yeah i mean if you're coming to winnipeg from regina you're, you're doing a couple shows in a weekend or hoping for that and making the most of it yeah. Yeah, so exactly right like we we oh say it was no go ahead 
Uh, no, I was, I was gonna say it's like, yeah, like we would again to drive to Winnipeg six hours from Regina yeah. to do a show to do a 15 minute match. Uh, and then you might have to turn around and go to Alberta the next day mm-hmm. and wrestle in Calgary, which is you know 12 13 hours from Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. It's just like that's that's a realism of it. So drive like once you get good at driving, um, you'll be great because you'll know you'll be wanted by lots of people because then you can drive too. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, one thing I, I've been asking, you know, anyone that I talk to on here who's, you know, uh, you know, actively wrestling is what would you like to change about wrestling today? Ooh, that's a good question. What would I like to change about wrestling today? Um, I definitely like to see my style, uh, used a bit more um ring of honor uses it with the pure championship um the wwe has the heritage cup yeah um i would like to see a more grounded based wrestling come back a little bit more um not disrespecting all the high flying and stuff that we see nowadays but like i would definitely like wrestling to come a bit more grounded than what it is mm-hmm. at the moment um and if not grounded, I would like to, you know, I guess that's probably the best way to describe it. Like, it's like, I would definitely, and again, maybe that's because it's my style <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, I'd like my style to be yeah. out there a bit more, but yeah, I, I'd like to see wrestling be a bit more hold for hold. And, you know, again, that's also on people that wrestle that style too, is that, you know, we need to make it exciting in a way that people are clamoring to see that style of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's definitely what I probably want to see more is a bit more, hard smash mouth like technical wrestling for sure like yeah how it should be (laughs) definitely so i mean you know you're off for a year with the pandemic so i'm sure that now you're just chomping at the bit to get back out there wrestling on shows uh what's the what's the current lineup like for you do you have lots you know scheduled or where can uh, i have a few a few shows scheduled up here in red deer and in Regina, um, looking to fill up my schedule. Uh, I'm getting ready to post some stuff on Twitter uh, soon because uh, I want to start branching out. Um, I was born in England, so mm-hmm. I actually want to go back to England and wrestle in England. I haven't got to wrestle here yet. So that's a big goal of mine now is to go back and wrestle. So if anybody knows any promotions, they're looking for guys right here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to go back to the US. Uh, I've wrestled a few promotions in the US. Mm-hmm. I'd like to continue doing that. Glory Pro, shout out to KLD. Uh, I always shout him out because um, he gave me an opportunity and I slept on his couch uh, and I wrestled in St. Louis. And that was, it was a great experience and he was always kind and cool. So shout out to him and Tyler Colton for hooking that up. Um, and yeah, I want to, my real, my goal now is to really try and become a world traveled wrestler, especially mm-hmm. once stuff is opening up. I really want to experience going to different places around the world and wrestling. I've done us, I've done Canada, but I want Europe. Uh, I got to train in the dojo, but I didn't get to, train to wrestle in Japan. So I want Japan. Uh, I want to wrestle in Mexico. So mm-hmm. that's really my next focus. I was, I really want to branch out and really test myself and, test my style and test my ability against all the best people I can. And as well as Ontario, um, I want to go back out to Ontario, super kicked, uh, incredible promotion. I 100% want to go back out there again. 
That's awesome. I mean, you know, I would, I'd love to see that for you because it's just your, your passion and your, just how badly you want it. It's, I mean, I want to see it for you now, just by like how Thanks. excited you are talking about it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now favorite matches and I'm, I'm talking the ones you've watched, like whether it's this past year, if you want to just do what you've seen this year, what are some of the matches that have stood out to you? Uh, I don't think it was this year. Um, I saw uh, Tyler Bate and Walter had a match at an NXT UK takeover. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like 45 minutes and it was just a masterpiece from like start to finish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> start to finish. Um, it's a match I've watched multiple times and love to study uh, just because everything they did was incredible. And once again, again, it goes back to the it's a very similar style to, to what I do. So, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's very helpful. Um, I always talk about uh, Eddie Guerrero and Mysterio from How- Halloween Havoc 97. Yeah. Um, that match is incredible. Um, if you're ever, like, this is for anybody who wants to learn how to do an opening match. Um, Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio from SummerSlam 2002. I is, like, just watched that the other day. Is one of the best opening matches I've <laughs> ever seen. Uh, they are they are go from like start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like honestly, anything involving Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle or Brian Danielson is like, I'll recommend and I'll watch anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, surprise banger for people, Jamie Noble and Billy Kidman at Survivor Series 02, obscure uh, for other people, but another great match as well. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And anything along those lines, I'll watch. And then I, I find interesting. Like I said, it's like your favorite match could change from day to day, depending yeah. on what you're watching. Like, again, weirdly enough, Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon in the Street Fighter SMA 19 is probably in one of my top three favorite <laughs> matches. And that has nothing to do with my style whatsoever. <laughs> but it's incredible, you know? So it's like, depending on the day or whatever, yeah. you know? I think sometimes it's the emotional connection with the match, you know, whatever it is, you know, if it's like a song that they use in a hype video or anything like you just, you get drawn to it that much more. Cause like, I mean, Austin and rock from WrestleMania 17. 17. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the my way. That's in one of my top, that's in my top five. That's yeah. a, like the story that they tell in that match is again, it's not a, you're not watching it for the technical aspect in terms of like, Oh, Stone Cold or The Rock put this hold on each other. Yeah. No, but like the story that was told throughout the whole 30 minutes of it, you had you on the edge of your seat. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's progressing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, sometimes it gets lost that like a match has to be, you know, incredibly mat or like wrestling based. Sometimes a match can be incredible for the, you know, just the story they tell. And that's what, you know, is yeah when... well it's like wrestling's wrestling's all emotion right like mm-hmm. wrestling is about how you make people feel you mm-hmm. know it's just you have different tools to make you know to, to get that to work right so it's like again using the example of rock and austin they're using the emotion of the roller coaster mm-hmm. it's a up and down up and down mcmahon shows up mcmahon doesn't show up What's is Austin turning with it? You know, like it's a roller coaster of all these different vibes. Uh, it's the same thing though with Eddie Guerrero and say Edge from SummerSlam of that same year of mm-hmm. 2002. 
they don't have all the shenanigans of what that main event had. But again, okay, Edge just suffered a concussion in the, you know in the match. Mm-hmm. How is he going to respond? Eddie Guerrero is such a great technical wrestler that he knows uh, a neck lock or a, a twist that is going to prevent him from being able to fight back. So mm-hmm. it's like, again, pro wrestling always comes down to what is the story? What is the emotion that you're making people feel? Like, um, look at the Nick Gage, Matt Cardona from GCW recently. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a deathmatch guy by any means whatsoever, but they took you on a ride. And it was with a completely different style, but it was a roller coaster throughout the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it was like Matt Cardona thinks that he can step into GCW and be on top. You have to go through the top guy, Nick Gage. And then as the match is going along, they're going, actually, Matt Cardona is a lot tougher than we think he is. Mm-hmm. And then Gage is going, screw you. This is my ring. And then when Matt Cardona wins, he's now like, I told you all I'm the best. Now Nick Gage has to go. How I need to now prove that I'm better than him and come back. Now yeah. you're emotionally invested. And again, they told it through using the tools of deathmatch, but it's the exact same thing mm-hmm. as you know Rock Austin or Guerrero Edge in the sense of it's all about the emotion and the story. The the way they built that match up with the uh, you know him showing up with the black cloak on like the just the build-up to that match, I thought it was some of the best storytelling in wrestling this year. You know, it was fantastic because it was getting everyone hyped up for it. And I mean, you have Matt Cardona stepping into the GCW ring and, you know, he's the, he'd be the epitome of like a WWE wrestler, you know, and he's become the most hated wrestler in wrestling right now, all -hmm. because of that. So the, the story they told, and then for him to win the title and you're seeing the garbage littered the ring, you know, like the fans are furious. They're giving him the finger and screaming. I'm trying to get him. Like everyone was just so involved with it. Yeah. And and like I said, that's exactly what you want in wrestling. That's, that's the name of the Mm -hmm. game involvement and emotion. Mm -hmm. So Sean, where can people find you online? Uh, They can find me at Sean M fit on Instagram. Um, Sean, more underscore three on Twitter. I every podcast I get my Twitter account. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can I can never remember my Twitter handle. I always get told that I need. To, uh, and I'm like, let me double check. This happens to me every single podcast. Because um, I couldn't I couldn't use my Instagram handle, so I had to come up with something at the time, and then, um, <laughs> yeah, Sean underscore more three is what, uh, where you can follow me. Awesome. And then uh, obviously if you just show more on Facebook. Perfect. You I know don't what? know who uses Facebook. <laughs> uh, I reactivated mine for the first time in about five years, a couple months ago. Yeah. So <laughs> I get the daily, oh, this is, you know, memories from this day and I'm going back and I'm like, yep, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to delete that. I'm going to delete that, you know? So Sean, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. I, I truly appreciate it. And I really look forward to uh, seeing you back in Winnipeg wrestling again. Yes, thank you very much. I am happy to come back. Thank you so much to Sean Moore for joining the Grain Maker Wrestling Podcast. You know what? It was an absolute treat to talk to him. He's He was a lot of fun to talk to, as you could tell. You know, we had a great time, and it was just really, it was a lot of fun hearing the stories and just hearing his experiences so far in wrestling. So thank you so much to him. 
Uh, I'm super stoked for him to make his way back to Winnipeg. And definitely, if he's wrestling in your town, make sure you go check him out. You will not be disappointed. I promise you that. So thank you so much to him. And thank you for listening. I truly appreciate it. Honestly, I cannot say it enough. And I ramble on about it every single episode. And I probably always will. It's just what I do. So needless to say, thank you for checking it out. Um, Heads up though, uh, me and my girlfriend, we are going to be heading out to BC for about a week and a half. So that's going to be next week, but I still have two sort of, you know, specialer episodes lined up. Uh, just a couple things I pieced together that, you know, I figured I'd share, but it's not going to be tons of local stuff related unless something pops up, you know, or I can confagle another, another guest to join me on the podcast. But needless to say, there's still going to be a couple episodes, uh, put up during my, during our time gone. So there'll still be some fantastic Grainmaker Wrestling podcast content for you to listen to. But thank you for checking out the podcast. You can find me on Twitter at GrainmakerPod. Send an email, GrainmakerPodcast at gmail.com. I love to talk wrestling, everything about it. So if you want to talk wrestling, just find me there and let's have at her. Um, if there's a guest you want to hear, guests you want me to talk to let me know and i'll do my best to get them on um up on apple Podcasts, if you can review rate i would truly appreciate it and i mean if you know someone who likes wrestling who likes local canadian wrestling send them uh send them a link to the podcast they might want to check it out and they'll be very appreciative of you for sharing so thank you um yeah up on apple Podcasts, up on spotify podcast spotify podcasts Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I appreciate it. Have a good one.